You're listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. Three, two, one. Liftoff will start in T-minus 10 seconds. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Hey, everybody. This is Craig Ackerman, TV play-by-play announcer for the Houston Rockets. What's up, everyone? This is Jackson Gatlin, host of Locked on Rockets. This is your boy, Heezy, a.k.a. Raheel Ramzanali. It's Sean from Shots and Thoughts. This is Will, a.k.a. Bias Houston. This is Chucky Brown, former NBA basketball player for the 1995 NBA champion Houston Rockets. This is Timoteo Keister. What up, what up? It's Roosh Williams, the Mastodon himself. What's up, Rockets fans? This is Hollywood Don Knock. This is Devin White, a.k.a. The Gentleman. It's your boy, Von Wafer. Hey, it's Matt Thomas, radio voice of the Houston Rockets. Five, four, three, two, one. We have ignition. This is Jonathan Sanford, public address announcer for your Houston Rockets. You're listening to The Summit State of Mind. What is going on, everyone? You are listening to The Summit State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Stepbacks and everything Houston Rockets presented to you by the Apollo Podcast Network. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny. And of course, with me, as always, is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin. GM, what shirt is that? First of all, I, I see you on a happy Sunday morning wearing a Houston. What is oh, that? Man. Is that an Astros so shirt? It's the Astros, you know, 1997 circa, 19, well, it says 1962, but this is the 97 time or, you know, whatever years, was it 94 through 95 whatever but yes you know shout out to them no hitting the new york yankees yesterday afternoon we got to watch that that was a beautiful beautiful performance by them loved it i was extremely happy and it was even better that it was against the yankees for one and two at yankee stadium oh yeah that's Amazing. right yeah they did two in yankees yeah. two down two in yankee stadium and then you just yeah. proceeded to text me in the process and you were like Hey, dude, no hitter. As if I wasn't watching. I was like, dude, of course I'm watching. Come on, get it together, bro. <laughs> you never know. You never know. You never know. You might have been sleeping. It happens. It happens to me. <laughs> well, you know what? Even if you're feeling sleepy now, it's time to wake up because we have, an, we have another guest returning to the summit, but he's returning. He's returning. He, he was on a very legendary episode when we had both of them meet each other and the other guests didn't even know that he was going to end up seeing him. But first of all, I'm going to give him just a quick intro just because I've already introed him before, but he is, you know, the current TV play-by-play announcer for our Houston Rockets. The legend, Craig Ackerman, returns to the summit once again. Craig, how are you doing today, man? Hey, I'm doing well. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Dude, did you get to catch that Astros game, by the way? I did. I did. Uh, I did I did see the last – I watched uh, probably the last three or four innings of the game and obviously wanted to stick around uh, for, the, for the ending, the historic ending there as they uh, – no hit the Yankees again, ironically, the only team to do so since what, 1958. And then they had, and then both times happened to take place with multiple uh, pitchers, which just doesn't happen. I mean, no hitters happen very infrequently, but to have multiple pitchers do it uh, happens even less so. And then, as you mentioned, against the Yankees in Yankee Stadium, especially after what happened in the ninth inning of the first game of that series, then to come back and bounce back in the second game, to no hit him and shut him out. Uh, in game three of that series, again, against a, a big-time arch rival in New York. There's a lot of vitriol, uh, more from New York to Houston as opposed to Houston to New York, but there's a lot of vitriol 
between those two fan bases. And uh, yeah, it was a, it was an awesome game. The Astros are, they just, they just keep winning. That's all they do. And look what they've been doing now for a half a dozen years or whatever it's been since they hit their rebuild. And as I've stated before, uh, I hope that's what the Rockets are sort of coming, going through a rebuild where um, they hadn't won very much, but they continue to accumulate um, quality young talent, which will set them up for a decade plus. Shout outs to you. I always, I always end up going back and I always have to reference you. I'm always like, Craig, you were the first person to mention it on our show saying that the rebuild for the Rockets is similar to the Astros. That has become like my go-to. When people, I hope so. I yeah, hope people, that's the case. Yeah. yeah people don't under, when people are like, oh, I'm, I'm an Astros fan, but I'm not really a Rockets fan. Like, can you explain to me like why they're losing? And then every time I'm like, okay, they're losing because of this, they're rebuilding because of this. And I was like, let me tell you so you can understand. We need, you, you get, you can get Alex. So like, for example, I was, I was playing to a friend uh, like, a, like a couple weeks ago. Uh, she was like, hey, wh- what's the what's the point of the rebuild? Why is the draft a big deal? I was like, dude, this is your chance at getting Alex Bregman. This is your chance at getting Carlos Correa. This is what the this is how important right. this draft is. So mm-hmm. like just kind of getting to like hear that. But yeah, man, shout outs to you because I was able to finally use your your kind of what, what you said in terms of the rebuild to get people to kind of understand more like what what and why the Rockets are doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I also and I've also mentioned in regards to that. I, and, and there's a certain level of um, deep passion by Astros fans to that organization. I think in large part, because now some of that core obviously is trickling away as the years have gone by, as you mentioned, Carlos Correa is now with, now with Minnesota, but the, the core of that group are players that came up through the organization. Right. And so I think there's a certain level of emotional attachment to those players because yeah, they watched them grow as the team grew and matured and improved and has been elite now for again, five, six, seven years in a row after losing a hundred plus games for three consecutive seasons. And right now the Rockets are kind of like in the middle of what that Astros rebuild was uh, again, in the middle of that, those three seasons where they weren't very good, but they were able to accumulate talent, quality talent, uh, develop that talent, bring that talent to the big leagues, and they've been what they've been uh, ever since. And again, we hope that that can be the case with the Rockets, and also with all these young guys kind of being coming up with the with the team and being drafted by the organization. I mean, look, the Rockets haven't had this many young draft picks in consecutive years ever, right? And it's been an extremely long time since the Rockets have brought in their best players. Uh, through the draft. I mean, I, I guess what today is the, what, the 20 year anniversary of, of Yao uh, being drafted. Oh, wow. And oh, so wow. Yeah. I, think, I, I believe I just saw that. 2002. On, on yes. And so, so, and so and again, what you hope is that, that ultimately as these guys grow mature, fingers crossed, there's no guarantees with anything, right? There's no guarantees mm-hmm. with anything, but fingers crossed, they continue to grow, develop, mature. And as they do that, the team improves and then becomes a, a playoff contender. And then hopefully another championship contender, I think that kind of in-depth passion will be there for the Rockets as it is for the Astros, because I think fans will see them as one of their own. So, um, so far, again, so far, so good, in my opinion, with the way that this rebuild has gone the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've seen the discourse on Twitter about um, our attachment to certain players that are already starting. Like everyone loves uh, Kevin Porter Jr. We had a contingent of those fans who may be a little divisive, but I think that their their opinions based on 
they certain styles of play, but at the end of the day, he has a rocket uniform on and we should support him no matter what we want, nothing but the best, you know, and in regards to the new incoming players like Jabari Smith Jr., everyone had their preference in regards to whether it was Chet, Bincaro, or Jabari, but as soon as Jabari's name was called, everyone is on board and it's kind of a testament to how Rockets fans are and how everything has grown and everything is still growing. I, I agree with you in the sense of that we're on the, we're on the right track in regards to growth. And this is only going to be what year two officially with yes. a going, high draft yeah, going into year two, but yeah, yes. in off season number two already, basically. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the process is still slow, but at the end of the day, this can be accelerated at any moment. Who knows? Jalen can skyrocket himself to not just the next level, but the level after that, you know, anything can happen. We'll see how it goes, but I totally understand what you're saying. And I love to hear it. You know, that's just what we want to see, especially with the way that the fans have been so passionate about the Astros, that the fans of the Rockets are the same way. And when we become good, it's going to be even better. And it's going to be wonderful in the city. I'm just so excited for it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, again, like I said, there's no guarantees that what, what the future will hold. Mm-hmm. Um, but based on where they were, and you go back, and it wasn't even that long ago where um, you went into that that funky season uh, coming out of the bubble and uh, Mike D'Antoni leaving and then Daryl leaving and then the situation with James leading into the season and then James ultimately asking out and being traded. I mean, what, it's only been a year and a half, I guess, since that actually took uh, place I mean it, it it's felt at times like it's been a long time because Rockets mm-hmm. fans generally speaking the new generation of Rockets fans and even going back several generations fans of this team aren't used to 20 win seasons right I mean this is an organization mm-hmm. for almost three decades that has won as many regular season games as any team in the league outside of San Antonio over the course of of that span. So you're used to winning a lot. So it has been a bit of a, a shift. Um, and there is obviously quite a bit of pain uh, that comes with, with losing, especially as many losses as the Rockets have racked up over the last couple of seasons. But again, th- th- they're going about it the right way. The shift to me really came, um, you know, the second half of the season two years ago uh, in the middle of that 20 game losing streak where they committed to playing um, all the young guys that they had on their roster, which included what KJ and KPJ and all these other guys. So, and, and that's kind of where the fun and excitement kind of began, where you started to truly see what, what the vision was going to be. And then look, obviously at the start of last season, um, you know, the, the, the double big lineup just didn't work out ironically, uh, both Christian Wood and, um, and oh my God, how am I forgetting his name? Oh, uh, Daniel Tice. Yeah, Daniel, Daniel Tice, Tice yeah. <laughs> uh, are, are both are no longer are no longer with the organization. But that was a bit of a a struggle, and as they tried to find their identity. But once they kind of worked away from that, went through the winning streak, and then the second half of last season was truly exciting. I mean, it really, really was. As the light went on for Jalen Green, um, and you you know you, he was pretty inconsistent to start the year, then had the injury. But man, after February the first, the light went on there, and ultimately, what you're hoping. In any of these kind, any of these rebuilds, right? As far as the NBA is concerned, you're hoping that you have what you're hoping you have because this is what you need to ultimately get to the top of the mountain again. Is you need to have a generational talent on 
your roster. And we saw flashes of what Jalen Green is and what he can become. And it has a lot of people excited. And perhaps maybe the Rockets added another in Jabari Smith. We'll have to wait and see, obviously, once he gets on the floor. But that's the name of the game here is you got to have at least a generational talent on your roster to compete at the highest level uh, in this league. And fingers crossed it is uh, Jalen Green and or Jabari Smith or perhaps maybe the continued develop of a guy like Kevin Porter Jr. Um, mm-hmm. Look, it doesn't matter how it happens. You just hope it happens. And if that's the case, again, I think the organization is going to be set up very nicely for the next decade. Seven players that ended up getting drafted in like the last two years. Talking about giving wow. yourself, yeah, talk about giving yourselves the best opportunity to give these guys an an opportunity to have like that generational type talent. Like you said, seven players basically. That's pretty much on a fifteen man roster. That's basically half. That's insane mm-hmm. when you think about it. You're looking at 19, 20 year olds. I'm looking forward to seeing like how the continued development happens there. But let's go ahead and move forward. I want to talk about draft night. Obviously, mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about the players in a bit. But overall. Craig, you were at post. You were at the uh, Rockets draft party. We were not there. We were. We had to. We had to work with our uh, with our other like media company. We worked with. Uh, I don't know if you know Salman Ali. We had to work. We worked yeah. with Salman Ali. We did a draft show with him, so we weren't able to fully experience it. But like well, overall, like what was your experience? Just kind of, you know, on draft night, being with the fans, getting to experience the city, just in that environment outside Toyota Center. Well, you know, the place was packed, um, and and there was a lot of in, uh, excitement and anticipation. Uh, I think a, a large segment of the fan base has sort of officially accepted and understands what the vision of Rafael Stone and the Fertitta family is for this team uh, moving forward. And so that's 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 always important. But the place was packed, a lot of excitement. And, and, and then the drama of the draft starting, right? And then okay. all of the NBA insiders starting to tweet out information about everything that we had been hearing ever since the draft lottery, that things were about to change and the magic we're going to take Bancaro. And the irony with that is that I think if you go back and I think you, and you mentioned at the top of the, the podcast, I don't, there wasn't necessarily a consensus amongst Rockets fans on who they thought the Rockets should take with their pick. But I, I guess based on my outside feel, I, I even if it was a slight majority, my guess is that if you go back six months ago, even the slightest majority probably felt that Jabari Smith was the guy that they wanted for this team. Then the draft lottery happens, right? And so then you officially know the draft order with Orlando, Oklahoma City, and Houston, and then all the various stories and reports coming out that Jabari Smith is locked in at number one to the Orlando Magic. He wouldn't work out for the Rockets, and so on and so forth. Then there was some confusion about whether or not Van Carroll ultimately even ever worked out for Orlando and then all that sort of flipped in an instant at the top of the draft. And so you went, so again, so you went, I think initially when all that came out, people had sort of resigned that Ben is going to be a rocket. Right. And so for the weeks leading up to the draft, everybody was, was reaching uh, researching how Ben how he could fit, what his strengths are, what his weaknesses are. And, and, and they were, and they were pumped to have Ben as a member of the rockets. And then the draft actually happened and it's, you never know what's going to happen. And then the magic surprised a lot of people. I including Jabari Smith and Ben Carroll and took Ben Carroll number one overall. And there was some shock value, some drama there. And then ultimately when the dust settles, Jabari Smith is now a member of the Rockets. And again, I think the vast majority myself included, if you go back six months ago, thought that he was probably the best guy for this team in this situation right now, a player who obviously many people, now there were still many people who felt Ben Carroll was the best player in the draft, but there was also 
a lot of people who felt that Smith was the best player in the draft and the Rockets are elated to have him. I think they would have been happy to get any of the top three, but I think where this team is and the players who are currently on this group and his particular skill sets versus what the Rockets weaknesses have been over the last year plus it's a, it's, it's a perfect fit and I'm super excited about it. And I, I love to hear it as much as I am. I was a big Bancaro guy to be completely transparent here. He's a really good player. I mean, yes, I, no I, I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I was picking, I was picking him from the beginning, like last year. And when we went, when we did the lottery and we got number three and based on the report saying that Jabari was pretty much a lock and Chet and OKC was pretty much a marriage that was just going to be submitted on draft night that, I started to get extremely attached to him naturally, correct? As a fan, you're already thinking about, oh man, you're already resigned to Jabari being gone. It's not going to happen. Kenny was that way. And full disclosure, Kenny is probably one of the biggest Jabari fans I know. He's been, yeah, I won't, I won't hide that. Yeah, he's been, he, he's been Big pushing the agenda for a while. <laughs> but, you know, for me, like, even though we did not get the guy that I had preferred, like, in my eyes, you're right. Like, I'm just like every other Rocks fan said, anyone from the top three is perfect. And I think Jabari fits seamlessly on this team. And he does a lot of things that this team struggled with last year. They were the, the number 30th ranked defense in the league. Jabari already does that in addition to, like, what, Tari Eason. And the 25th uh, ranked three-point shooting team. Jabari himself could vault us into hopefully the top 20, you know, with everyone else improving. So that's just you know, improvements at the, you know, is it at the seams in the sense that the saying, I don't remember. Oh, it's uh margins. Yes. There you go. Yeah, on the margins. margins. There you go. See, thank you. Thank you, Craig. See, that's what we, uh, that's what we uh, always need. I had it in my brain and then I lost it. And I was able to snatch it. Right yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like right at the tip of your tongue. And like, it, it happens to me constantly. Kenny sees it all I mean, the time. As you, get, as you get older, it happens more frequently. So there you go. <laughs> oh no, don't say that. <laughs> Yeah, no, but like, I guess like for me, for Jabari, like, like I'm a huge Jabari fan, but I, I had done enough research on all three to be, to, to find a way to be convinced that all three were going to be difference makers in, in day one. Like I knew that you could plug each of them and you could find each ways that they can be successful from day one out of the gate. But I just felt like Jabari was overall just the best fit. Now, when we got that third pick, I had resigned myself to, oh man, there's no way Jabari falls. Like there's just no way all the mock boards had him all right. at number one across the board. Maybe like one or two mock boards had Paolo at number one and no one paid attention to it. I remember vividly on Twitter, people are like, oh, pff, I see someone putting Paolo at number one. That's not happening. He's going to drop the three. So I, it was one of hands down, probably our, it was our first live, like our first live show uh, uh, doing a draft night reaction and what a night to do a reaction because like that was one of the weirdest it was strange it was a very strange setup because i know because report ended up coming out after that magic had never worked out bancaro and then a report came out that the rockets never worked out jabari i mean i don't know if you can confirm that or not craig but uh, like, to my knowledge they did not i don't know yeah. that for, honestly i don't know that i don't know that for a fact but yeah I, I, i'm pretty sure that jabari smith jr himself came out and said at one point there was really no reason for me to because he was expecting to go top two Mm-hmm. it adds exactly. that yeah and it adds that chip and and but i love it like you know we're gonna go in more into depth on these players in a, in a second but i it was just the night as a whole it was so yeah it was strange it was weird it was it was definitely if you wanted it was it made for great tv i guess because it was just one of those things where 
you had the fans thinking one thing and then all of a sudden it turned on their head 15 minutes like you said 15 minutes before adam silver got on that stage and started Although vegas had it 24 hours before that so they I guess knew vegas is always right they knew touche they knew <laughs> i'll <laughs> never doubt vegas again <laughs> no, we i was so funny craig funny story we woke up in the morning and like you know we're very we're very in tune with like rockets twitter because like we're always on it so funny so like we wake i wake up I'm a teacher. So I work, I'm working summer school. I wake up in the first thing in the morning, the Vegas odds happen overnight while I'm sleeping. So I wake up in the morning. I just get a blast of tweets of, of all, everyone tagging me going, Oh my gosh, what's going on? Why is what like, why is Paolo at number one? Like what, when did this happen? Da, da, da. And then Adrian Wojnarowski, I've 7 30 AM goes, it's a, it's a lock. It's a lock now. Uh, Jabari at one, you know, Chet at two, Paolo at three. I, okay. Everyone, the collective, from here to collective, oh, the sigh of relief, right? Okay, we're good. Vegas is wrong. You know, never trust the Vegas betters, right? All of a sudden, 645. Oh, it looks like Paolo's going to go number one. And then the collective, oh, no. <laughs> it was yeah. the wildest roller coaster of a 24-hour span of a draft night that I'd ever experienced in my mm -hmm. years as like a, being a Rockets fan. Yeah, especially, so, I mean, because coming into it, uh, there wasn't there wasn't – there wasn't a mortal lock at number one. Like LeBron James wasn't in this draft, right? No general, yeah. yeah. Right. So, so there, again, there was some debate uh, amongst those those three guys. And again, and you could have made the case for any one of them going number one overall. Absolutely. And over the course of the last twelve months, particularly with Chet Holmgren uh, and, and Ben Carroll, they were sort of, you know, you go back two years ago. Holmgren's a lock. He's going to be the number one pick in the draft when he comes out, and so forth. And so, and, and, and again, at any point over the last twelve months any one of these three guys were sort of moving back and forth in and amongst the top um, three. But again, I think for where the Rockets are, where their current strengths versus their weaknesses are, I think Smith um, not only gives them an incredible talent, which is where they are in this process. They're in the talent accumulation phase of this mm -hmm. rebuild, regardless of fit. But I think he gives them that talent and also the fit. So to me, I think that's, that's the, the bonus uh, of all of this. And I think ultimately, I think they got the best guy for where they are and who they want to be moving forward. I can't wait. I'm very excited to like, like I said, I'm very excited to see just the continual progression. I'm waiting for the Jersey number for Jabari Smith. I had already pre-ordered his Jersey. I'm such a big fan that literally went. So I kept tweeting at the Rockets. I was like, Hey, when's this pre-order opening up opens up the following morning, get the Jersey. I'm like, it doesn't even have his number. I'm like, ah, whatever. We'll see if it's number 10. I doubt it. Eric Gordon's still on the team, but I was like, whatever, you know, I'm, I'm just happy that we got the guy who initially, who initially I wanted, but most importantly, we got a guy that's mostly impactful. Have you thought about grabbing a meal on the go? Needing a meal in smoothie form. How about grabbing an acai bowl from Rush Bowls? They have plenty of options for those that are looking for a great healthy meal. There's a bowl that I usually get from there. It's called the Yoga Bowl. It's blended with mango, pineapple, banana, matcha, froyo, and your choice of dairy or non-dairy milk. I usually get oat milk, but that's just my personal preference. It's topped with granola, chia seeds, bananas, and honey. I even like to include their in-house peanut butter. It is delightful. Trust me, guys. They even have deals all throughout the week, Dog on Mondays, where you get a free Bow Wow Bowl for your dog with any purchase of a bowl, or Wellness Wednesdays gets you $2 off any wellness bowls or smoothies. So if you're craving a nice, healthy, and light meal, us at the Summit 
highly suggest visiting Rush Bowls and grabbing yourself a delicious acai bowl. It is the best acai bowl in Houston. So be sure to follow them on Instagram at Rush Bowls Houston. Let me repeat, at Rush Bowls Houston. And visit them at their location, 6001 Washington Avenue, number Suite 200, Houston, Texas. Make sure to mention that the Summit State of Mind sent you because if you do, you will be receiving 33% off your bowl. So let me repeat that. Mention the Summit State of Mind and you will receive 33% off your bowl. So all right, everybody, go on, get out there, and feed that healthy body of yours. What's up, world? It's your boy, Vaughn Wafer, former Houston Rocket, retired professional NBA basketball player, and you're now tuned in to the Summit State of Mind podcast. So let's go into depth now just on these guys. We'll start, obviously, with Jabari at the top. Look, you were there on Friday. You were there at the press conference. You guys, you kind of got to meet them, kind of got to see how, kind of, kind of see and feel how they are. But you know, Jabari with the over with the third overall selection. What was your just initial impression of him? Like, like you kind of already gave you already kind of given your uh, two cents on how he is as a hooper. But you know, kind of, kind of go go a little bit more depth on how he is, what you think he is as a hooper. But more importantly, kind of getting to meet him last Friday. How, how was he as a person as well? Well, I, I mean, I. They had so much going on. I haven't had an opportunity, I will say, to actually okay. meet them yet one one on one. I mean, they 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 came in. I I think their arrival was a little bit um, delayed. Obviously, it's been a whirlwind for those three guys, and it it always is for all the draft picks. You know, I mean, you're going from a lot of them again coming from New York back to their the city that they were drafted in. Um, you know, family things they've got to deal with with that, all of the interview requests, all this kind of stuff. It's world. So I, I just, when, whenever those situations happen, honestly, I, my personal perspective is if I don't have a particular role in terms of interviewing anybody or in, in some sort of formal capacity, I just kind of sit back and, and let it go because they came in, had the press conference, uh, did the photo op with the jerseys, and then they were all kind of whisked away and then they had radio interviews to do and they did some interviews with Kaylee and so forth. They had other things they had to do. So there was a lot of obligations that each uh, had to do. So it's always like media day as well. It's always very crazy for players during that time. You're around them enough over the course of the season where you have a chance to kind of, kind of get them. But I look, I, I, I try not to read too much into press conferences because most, most players typically say and do the right things. I, Outside of, I probably wouldn't say that I want a piece of LeBron uh, before I ever step level for <laughs> the NBA before. Um, but my- Shout out to Benedict Mathurin. I'm the greatest player ever. Outside of just occasional faux pas uh, <laughs> like that, generally speaking, they do and say the right thing. So I don't want to read too much into that. But I, I, honestly, I was I was very impressed um, uh, with uh their their maturity um again these are all su- such young guys i was extremely impressed with tari Eason. i know we'll get into him uh, 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 in, a, in a little bit um but i it seems like jabari is certainly motivated um uh to he, you know his, his father played in the league so he kind of has an understanding already of what the lifestyle is in terms of being a professional and everything that you've heard about him um 
he's a tireless worker, which is extremely important to the culture of the organization. Same things about Jalen Green. And we saw that commitment to working and proving by Jalen happen right in front of our very eyes over the course of the season with the improvement, particularly on the timeliness of the quick release on its jumper, he and John Lucas. I mean, we worked on that all season long and shout out to John for helping him out as well. But I I think I was impressed with their, 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 um, their poise, their maturity, um, their commitment to, to, to work. And I think just generally their, their excitement to be again, a part of something um, that's different, that's new, that's growing um, and that they can add their skill set to what is an extremely young and talented core here with the Rockets. Mm-hmm. I agree. I really was impressed with how Jabari reacted in the sense of being picked third as opposed to being first. Everybody had been blowing smoke to the guy, telling him that he's going to be the number one overall pick. And the fact that he did drop third is definitely going to put a dent on his ego, but I believe that that little uh, piece of humility is good for everybody in the sense, and it allows him to have just that extra piece of motivation, prove it to everybody, like especially Orlando and Oklahoma City should have, should have taken me, you know, and I love that. And I think that is what a little piece that will drive him. And I love that it's going to be him and Jalen, who will probably be the two most impactful dudes in that sense. And those were guys that believe that they were slighted, even if it's, it's not wrong to sneeze at being picked number three, as right. he even, he even <laughs> said it, he's like, whether it's pick 53 or 52, I'm happy to be here. And I think that speaks volumes about who he is as a person. But of course, when you view yourself, you always want to view yourself in a higher manner, especially when you're in a competitive sport, like basketball, all athletes right. naturally are competitive and to see him just handle it with grace and just to be so happy to be a part of this team in this city, even though it wasn't a part of his plans just shows a lot about who he is and just that he's ready to show not just the city of Houston, but the rest of the league that, you know, they'll regret passing on him and that he's going to be someone that's going to be extremely impactful for sure. Yeah. And again, I think his, 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 his general overall strengths are perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. For, look, he is extremely long. Um, and uh, I think unlike Chet Holmgren, I think he has his body type. He will yes. put on bulk and weight Absolutely. over the course of time. I, that was the, well, what I will say about Chet Holmgren he might obviously have the highest ceiling of those mm-hmm. top three guys, but for me, his body type, his frame was, was very worrisome. I think Jabari Smith's frame is different. I think he will put on bulk um, as, as he matures and gets older, which is a positive. I, 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 Tari, again, going back to Tari East and I, I, I was very impressed um, in person with his size. He's got tremendous length, um, uh, as well and again both those guys play insanely hard which is good which is what you need uh, I, again their strengths were rockets weaknesses and so forth so yeah very excited i want to like i'm just curious as to like when they they had listed tari eason as like six eight but then i saw him standing next to the likes of like jabari smith and i was like 
I was like, man, like not even seeing him in person yet, but I'm like, yeah, this dude's he's lengthy. Like he's got length to him. Yep. I didn't do like a ton of research in regards to like Tari Eason, but I just knew that he was going to kind of ha- be, be like a dog defensively. And that's what I love about this draft. I love that Raphael Stone addressed the two biggest needs that what this team needed initially in the offseason, which was, you know, dead last to defense, one of the worst three-point shooting teams. And you immediately get these three, plug them in, and automatically it's at the very least, you're not going to be as bad as last year. At the very least, you know, you're you should have some type of progression, you know, with another with in year two with Jalen Green, in year one now with with these rookies. I, I, I can't wait. I'm super excited. In regards to Jabari as well, I, like that was the reason why I wanted him. I wanted him because of his tireless work ethic along with Jalen Green. You got two dudes that can just go into the gym. They'll put in the work. You know them. Great attitudes. Jabari comes across him. He's just a very humble person with, 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 with some swagger, obviously. But now playing with a chip on his shoulder as well. He's also playing, you know, he's so super lengthy defensively. And just being that overall two-way talent, which is what I think, we're, we're progressing to this new NBA where it's like wings are just so necessary. A, a wing that can do just a little bit of everything. A wing that can play two ways. A wing that can kind of help out the, the star. That can help out the star, quote unquote. And I, I think that Jabari can be more, more or less like that. More or less maybe if he develops the dribble more like a Scottie Pippen. Like just being that type of talent. I, I think he's that. I think he can develop in that way. I think he's that good. And... I'm excited overall to see what's going to happen there. And that's that most, that was my impression overall of him as well. Just kind of getting that presser. Like you said, he's going to say all the right things um, obviously, but it just seems like he had his, he has his head on straight. He seems like he knows what he needs to do and he's looking forward to helping out the team in any way possible. And I think that's, you can't ask for anything more than a, than a player that can come in, especially expecting to be the top of the draft, knowing that he's kind of understands his role already on the team right out of the gate. And it makes for a great, uh, and it makes for a great, what do you call that? Uh, training camp. I feel like it's just going to be a, it's just going to be a war at training camp, like in the best, in the best way possible. Yeah. Competition is good. He'll keep the floor spread. Uh, obviously one of his weaknesses is finishing around the rim, but I, I, that's not something I think he'll probably improve on, on that as, as, as he get, goes along. But he, I don't think there's anything he necessarily has to worry about improving anytime soon because the Rockets have plenty of guys who can get to the rim. Right. And uh, the floor, he's going to help space. The floor, which is important. It allows Shengun to become a playmate, to remain a playmaking hub in and around the high post or the low block, working off of cutters with his incredible ability to see the floor from the back of his head. Um, it, obviously, the trade of Christian Wood sort of resets for, in, in, in many respects, in very positive ways, resets the roles for the team, i.e. Alpha scores or Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., Jay Sean Tate, obviously, is still set in his particular role. Um, Eric Gordon's doing his thing. We'll obviously have to wait and see what, what his continued future is uh, here in Houston. But I love Eric, and obviously, he's a guy who's been asked to do a little bit of everything in his Rockets tenure and has excelled in it uh, along the way. Um, but Smith will be able to do what he does best. Shangun will be allowed to do what he does best. And I think that's ultimately extremely important. Uh, with the team is that that there needs to be a hierarchy roles have to be defined and then players ultimately it's up to them and the coaches to make sure that they excel in those particular roles but having pieces fit um are 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 extremely important i mean just look how well i'm not comparing any of these guys whatsoever to curry 
Thompson and Draymond Green as of yet. I mean, obviously, Jay Sean Tate has very has, has a lot of Draymond Green like qualities to him. So, I, I, Steph Curry's I think worked his way into a top ten player all time at this Easily. point. So, I don't want I don't want to I don't want to compare them yet to to that particular group. But what makes them so good, obviously, is their individual talent, right? It's just especially when it comes to Curry and Thompson, the just insane ability to to shoot and Draymond Green's uh, ability to play make and defend is I. I don't, I don't know where you guys say, I think Draymond Green's a hall of famer. I really do. Um, I think he impacts the game that much, but their, their roles, their fit um, as they've gotten better over the course as they, when they started together and they grew together, they're, they're so well-defined and those people, they fit so well together. And ultimately that's also, you need talent you need elite, elite talent to win at the highest levels, but you also have to have those pieces fit. And I, I think now the pieces fit a little bit better than they did. They did last season. That that's the type of talent like that that I try to garner. Like that's become the blueprint of this NBA now. Like we're kind of starting to see away with the super teams. The super teams are kind of going away now. Yeah, like, Golden State's still a super team. But... I, yeah, super team. <laughs> yeah, but like a home, homegrown, homegrown super team. That's what I meant. Right. Homegrown. They're all right, homegrown right, super right, team. Right, yeah. Yeah. They, they, that's what I meant. Like, They're homegrown. Oklahoma City had a, had a homegrown super team as well. And yes, yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. There, there's more a, a homegrown super team. Hopefully we can develop our own homegrown super team, but yes. I agree with you a hundred percent. Draymond is a hall of famer and, and it, it, we're a few years away We're I mean, we're a few years ahead now of the, uh, the rivalry that instilled within the Rockets. Now I can actually, now that we're kind of on the outset, I can now appreciate the greatness of Steph Curry. Ah! As if you're a basketball fan in general, and you don't recognize that Curry is the, easily the greatest shooter of all time, easily mm-hmm. top 10 player of all time. Draymond Green, a surefire, like all three surefire Hall of Famers. Yeah. The reason why they do so well, yeah, they understand their they understand their roles. They do they play it to perfection. They continue to elevate each other's games. And then you have the ancillary, ancillary pieces that just, they find ways to make it work. Credits right. I got to credit Steve Kerr for that, obviously. So they're, mm-hmm. they're, they've set now the blueprint for teams moving forward. If you want to reach this, the, the pinnacle, you have to do not do exactly what they do but kind of like build it out even boston boston did the same thing like they have homegrown pieces with ancillary pieces that they brought in uh through mm-hmm. through free agency but but if the core is the the players that got drafted that's that's basically in my opinion that's where the nba said it and i'm so happy that the nba said it that way as opposed to i i like the idea of the homegrown thing hearkening back to what you said back in january when you were here just homegrown talent where where the fans can grow with them and when that way when it when it's time to contend and play and play for a championship this city like i honestly feel in my heart of hearts that this city by the time we make it back to the conference finals this city is going to be so the reaction of the city is going to be so different now or like in the future than it was in 2018 the last time we made the conference finals like i feel like the the love like the love of the fans is going to be like even rooted deeper i can't wait I'm so excited. Fingers crossed that sooner rather than later. Exactly. For sure. Tired of the same old anime tees? Tired of the Malcor look? That first colony Malcor look? Don't you want to see some older classic animes getting some love as well? Well, be sure to check out the brand Day Off for your retro anime goods from animes like Macross and Neon Genesis Evangelion to Cowboy Bebop. My Hero Academia, and one of my personal favorites, Demon Slayer. So Day Off is your source for anime-induced graphic mayhem. So use code DAYOFFSUMMIT for a 10% discount at dayoff.shop. That's D-A-Y-O-F-F dot shop. 
So make sure to go through, grab a t-shirt, and meet us at the summit. Hey, it's Matt Thomas, radio voice of the Houston Rockets. If you're not listening to Summit State of Mind, you're not a Rockets fan. Booyah. Let's kind of zone in on Tari Eason now. What were you, like, obviously, I we talked a little bit about what he kind of brings to the table. He's a defensive dog. But, like, well, yeah, just go into depth, Craig, on just how you saw him, like, how obviously the way he conducted his interview, but also just kind of like your first impressions on how he is. Um, I, I, he was much... I, and I had, I'm in admittedly some, I do not watch much, if any, college basketball. I'm so sort of just both feet in, in the NBA during the season. I don't Absolutely. watch a whole lot of co- uh, college basketball. Anytime anybody asks me about prospects coming into the draft, I always sort of give that, that, that caveat because there are people out there, obviously, who are a lot more informed about them uh, than I am in, in, in that regard. But I said that I, I was, he's got tremendous length, seems extremely mature. Obviously, he's, He's, there's quite a few guys on the roster who are already younger uh, than he is, but he's somebody who plays insanely hard. Um, Defensive-minded guy. I think when we talk about roles fitting, I think his strengths will fit in. He will be allowed to do what he does best. He runs the four exceptionally hard. The Rockets led the league in dunks last year. I don't see any reason why they can't lead the, lead the, lead the league in dunks. Again, even though Christian Wood is gone, I think Tari Easton's a guy who's going to play downhill and obviously is a tremendous talent uh, out in the open floor. And that's what the Rockets really want to do is get out and run and push. And with him running on the wings, I think there's going to be, you know, a, a million more highlights uh, uh, for this for this upcoming um, season. But I think what what his strengths are, and he look, he improved himself um, as, as a shooter. Um, he may not be asked to do quite as much of that um, in the NBA, but he'll defend, he'll play super hard. He'll be lengthy. Again, if you, I, I don't know what the, who knows what this roster is actually going to look like when mm-hmm. a training camp begins and then B when the regular season starts, we don't know who's going to be here. Who's not going to be here at this point. There's still so much to take place between now um, and October, but um, whether he's starting, he's coming off the bench as he did at LSU. It seems like a, a, a somewhat again, who, will accept whatever role he's asked to play and he will excel in that role, which I think that kind of mindset um, is super important. So whether I guess he's starting or he's coming off the bench, uh, it's, it's good to have that somebody and like hat tip as well to Josh Christopher who improved dramatically last year. And he's part of the core too. And I don't want to kind of gloss over uh, his improvement because I know the organization's very excited about him um, as well. But again, a, another lengthy, hard playing, hard working, crazy high level athlete to add to this team in Tari Eason. Oh, absolutely. Um, I didn't do as much as as much research as some of the other guys did. I did definitely uh, watch some of his film just enough to kind of have an idea about who he is. And I'm really happy about the, the pick, you know, he's very lengthy. He's got like a seven, two wingspan. He is very energetic on the defensive end. And like you said, he runs the floor very, very well and finishes at a very, very high clip. I see him more along the lines of like, Kenny liked, likes the way I always compare it to, but a more athletic Trevor Ariza, if he were to improve his three-point shooting. Because even then, when Trevor Ariza first came into the league, he wasn't a shooter. He wasn't much of that. He was just a very athletic defender who could see on the floor and he improved his three-point shot as the years went by. 
And Tara Eason is somebody that I see that can be cut from the same cloth. And when you have a player. Tari though, he's bulk. He's already, he's already yeah. stronger and, and he's yeah, thicker yeah. and stronger than yeah. Trevor Ariza ever was. Yes. I would say like, what, what, what did I say on the show? It was like a more um, evolved version of what we would say a Trevor Ariza was. Like Trevor Ariza. That's what the Rockets get from him. They'll be doing cartwheels for sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, any team that got him, they would be extremely happy to have that type of player. And that type of player being on this roster won't just help. the. It will help the team overall in many aspects. And one of them would be, the way that he does play defense can be something that can carry over to the other players. When they see his effort and his energy being brought on that side, a lot of the other players will come out and be like, okay, if Tarzan play like this, I need to play up to that level as well. If you see the way he runs the floor, you see the way he is, you know, um, attacking closeouts and um, playing uh, the passing lanes. You know what I mean? Like these guys will put forth more effort just because he is one of the guys like, like, yeah, you have, they'll, they'll have more than one Jay Sean Tate on the floor. This exactly. Year. Oh. exactly. <laughs> and you know what? And he, he'll be Jay Sean will be grateful to have that kind of help, you know? And <laughs> I'm just, I'm just really excited about the prospect of what he brings. And it's kind of, uh, man, like he, like I said, like everything that Rafael stone has done, with these two drafts, like everything is just going to fit so seamlessly. And the excitement that we have for this year, and especially with summer league coming up, it just, man, I can't wait. Like, honestly, I'm just super excited. Yeah. Yeah. Summer league is going to be a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. a, 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 a lot of fun. I mean, and again, you're going to have some guys on their summer league team that are coming off of a G league title. Um, as well, you know, like you never know. I mean, some guy like, you know, Jalen green tweaks his hamstring in summer yeah. league and played like a game and a half. And then, you know, you never know what happened. You know, ultimately, after a couple of games, you don't know what teams might shut down particular players. So you don't know ultimately what what how that process is going to work out. But yes, I'm I'm super excited to to to, to watch uh, summer league, and it's uh, this is where again I use that caveat where I don't know a ton about these guys based on what they did in, in college, and, and I I have to give credit to anybody at the NBA level whose job is to try to forecast players playing in college to the NBA college basketball. And, and this, in some respect, I guess, if it, once we get to talking about Ty Ty Washington, it's a completely different sport. In my opinion, college basketball is Absolutely. a completely different sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to me, it's always very difficult to sort of predict how these guys will ultimately do uh, in, in the NBA. Cause the NBA is, is a player's league and there's so much more opportunities for players to be themselves mm-hmm. in the pros than there ever is in a college level for a variety of reasons. I mean, the, the floor has shrunk a little bit, obviously. I think coaches in the college level are um, have far too much control over the way um, that teams play. And so I think talent, in some respects, their games don't blossom because of it. Basically, see anybody who's coming out of Kentucky, they seem to be much better pros than they ever were. Yeah, that's true. Um, Very Kentucky. true. And again, talking about Ty Tyra Washington here a little bit in, in that regard. So, um, so you never really know how that's going to, uh, that's, that, that's going to work out, but summer league, it's, I have enough experience in the NBA over my, my long time working with the organization. I think once you start to see players perform in summer league in the preseason, you get a, you get a, in my opinion, you get a very quick understanding of who ultimately has a chance to make it again, no guarantees, but has a chance to make it. And those who don't, 
And so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, I think we'll, I'm, I, that's why I'm super excited to see them on the floor against other professionals who obviously are still trying on the fringes of playing in the league and a lot of their specs and so some of the veteran guys who still stick around the summer league, but all the young guys, a lot of young guys with super, with a lot of talent. There's a, there'll be a lot more talent on the floor in the summer league than there was in these games that they're playing in college. Now in a short amount of time, trying to, t- to gel and so forth, there's always chemistry issues that happen with summer league, but you get an idea, I think pretty quickly of who potentially has a future in the league and who doesn't. I mean, they pretty much went, what, three for three for three last year in terms of summer league play, like Alperin Shangun, Jalen Green, and Josh Christopher. Like, they went, they played so well in the summer league, and it translated just perfect seamlessly when the season, like, well, obviously, Josh Christopher played in G League uh, to start the season, kind of forced his way into the rotation a little bit later. But, like, yeah, no, you're right. Like, definitely seeing how they are and kind of getting an, an idea, like, kind of like a feel of how they're going to play. I, it was so funny. Like, it's funny that y'all mentioned that, like they were talking about, I think someone, someone was joking on Twitter. Like they, they, they had run down the lineup of like who could possibly be playing. You know, I think they, they added Usman Garuba to that lineup. Alperin, uh, was it, was Alperin? I don't even know if Alperin is going to be available. Like, he he's might, probably won't be. I know he's playing. Uh, I, he's playing for Turkey. Right. So, so I don't I'm know. Assuming, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm assuming not. he may not be available. So like, they were like, Josh Christopher could do it. Uh, Usman Gruba could do it. And then they listed the lineup and they're like, yo, this is like the 72, 72 and 10 bowls of summer league. And I just, <laughs> I was like, wow, perfect comparison. Cause they were like, look, yeah. like someone was joking. Like, look at this talent. Come on. <laughs> Add the three draft picks on top. It's going to be such an exciting, uh, such an exciting time to talk about summer league. And, and obviously uh, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more later, but I just want to uh, zone in now on Ty Ty Washington. He, he look, he came in at the 29th overall pick. We traded, we traded back to get him. It, it's obviously, it's obvious that stone wanted Ty Ty Washington. I think he knew he had an idea that he was going to kind of be back. And that's why he obviously made the trade, but just overall impressions of a uh, Ty Ty. I mean, like my overall impressions of him first off was just, I, I just think he's a, he's another grinder. He's just another dog. He's a person that just he, he puts in the work he's very smart he I, I isn't that he set the record for uh assists ever in kentucky he 17 it broke john wall's record oh wow so for uh so he, okay so he he broke john wall's record as well so john wall stole it with the rockets i know i was about to say it and i was like wait <laughs> as of this i was moment. like wait yeah as of this moment. <laughs> so yeah so in regards to that just you know what are your overall thoughts of like ty ty and the fact that the rockets drafted him well I, again i it seems like most first round picks out of kentucky outperform the way they performed um at Kentucky number one um I think he was considered a lottery talent before he got hurt I know I think he struggled a little bit after that um a real good floor general um seems to have the the right kind of mindset for the position um that he plays uh, backup point minutes um are up for grabs so he'll have a chance to kind of earn that um, as he goes along, um, obviously he'll need to improve, um, as a, as a three point threat as, as he goes along, but it seems like he's got the correct mentality and floor generalship to, uh, run that spot. And again, obviously he is a super talented basketball player. You don't end up at Kentucky if you're not one of the best players in the country coming out of, out of high school. Uh, and then again, a lot of those guys tend to outperform the way that they played, while playing for John Calipari. And that's kind of the way that it's been for a long time. So, um, and I think, I thought it was very smart use of the wood trade and your position in the draft. I, I look, I, I, I think like most people, 
a tad bit surprised they ultimately stuck and did select all three um, uh, uh, players in the draft. I don't think many people, including myself, thought they would walk away with three guys in this particular draft with all the other young players that they have and the potential roster crunch it it it, it might cost. But I thought Rafael did a terrific job in terms of the use of their position in the draft, trading back a few spots, probably still getting the guy that they ultimately wanted. And then, you know, getting another couple of second round picks out of it. So it was a very smart use of, of draft positioning uh, there for the, for the Rockets front office. And uh, I'm looking forward to, to see him uh, compete. You know, obviously the Rockets are very high on, on Dacian Nix who helped them win a G league championship last year. We saw some flashes of what he can do at the NBA level uh, at the end uh, of last season. But I think some of those, and ultimately I think Josh Christopher is going to see a lot of backup guard minutes as we saw Absolutely. last year as well. But I think that's still up for debate. And so there'll be a chance for, for Knicks and or Washington to earn the right to, to, to see some minutes. I think ultimately Ty Ty probably sees some time in the G league as most of these young guys have seen outside of, Jalen Green, quite frankly, all the other young core. I mean, KJ Martin and you mentioned Christopher and Kevin Porter Jr. And, and Shane Goon never saw a second down there. And you knew within one minute of watching him play in the summer league that he would never step foot um, in, in, in the G League. So, uh, but the, the Rockets have continued to use the G League in a very productive manner. It's been that way since they've begun that relationship with, with Rio Grande about 10, 12 years ago, whatever it's been. They, the players who've, most of the players they, they, they sent down to the G league to play and learn and mature have come back up significantly better players. And so uh, again, I, I'm excited about it. Um, again, that was very good use of where they were positioned there uh, in, in the first round and they got at 29, they were able to draft someone who six months ago, nine months ago was, considered by some to be a lottery talent. So that's always a good thing. And there you go. I totally agree with you in that realm of what you're saying about Kentucky players, because there are a lot of Kentucky guards, especially point guards that do outperform themselves as they did in college. And it's not a slight on Calipari or the program in general, but when you have a bunch of stars playing together like John Wall's Marcus Cousins uh was it Jamal Murray playing with um was it Anthony Davis Ken I don't remember if he was playing uh, with, no, or no, maybe no, it was Carl Anthony it was Carl Anthony Towns it was the Carl Anthony Towns maybe I, I don't, I don't remember because I know Devin Booker was there and he Devin Tyler Booker's Hero Ta- yeah Jeez. what Tyler it, Hero. It, it's kind <laughs> of crazy to really just piece all that talent and try to have like a superior individual but also that kind of says a lot about the talents of like a Carl Anthony Towns, Marcus Cousins, Anthony Davis playing with all those talented players and being those guys. But in regards to Ty Ty, like yet I, I agree, like Rafael Stone did a great job of trading down in order to gain those two second rounders. Cause you never know what those could be used for in the future. And it kind of adds on to the wood trade. You know, you got a little bit more pieces to work with because people were looking at the trade in the beginning, like 26th pick and four players that will probably not play outside of maybe Boban if they really need him, if he even stays. I hope he stays personally. Oh my That's God, just- everybody. I, 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 I know. <laughs> I, if there's one person I really want to get to know, it's Boban. That guy's an absolute, <laughs> that guy's an absolute star. Like I He's mean, a treasure, he, man. He, is he, was a a, treasure. he was in Hustle. He was in Hustle. I haven't yes. seen it, but I, 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 heard, I heard it was good. I heard the movie's good. Oh, it's, a, it it, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, you know, um, 
in regards to all of that, Ty Ty brings a lot of intangibles in the sense of what the Rockets can use, especially as a pass first point guard. You know, and the great part about it is there's not much expectation for him coming in, considering that he is a 29th pick, even though he was highly touted um, midway through the year. We don't know what to expect, considering that he is still the 29th pick. But the great thing about it is with the breed of all of this talent, it breeds competition. And the backup point guard is not solidified completely, even though we do favor Dacian Nix. I mean, reports did state that the Rockets viewed him as their own quote unquote lottery pick. They view him very highly, but with the talent that Ty Ty brings, it's certainly somebody that can push him and make him be better and vice versa for Ty Ty. So in regards to all of that, the inner team competition is what's going to help propel all of these guys to be even better. And at the end of the day, I'm very excited. I wasn't sure how I felt um, about his keeping the pick, but after sleeping on it and being able to kind of evaluate what the team was thinking in the sense of like, let's think like how Rafael would think. Correct. And I was like, okay, I think this is actually a great move. This is a great pick and I am not disappointed in it whatsoever. Yeah. You gotta, I think you have to give this, they're not so new anymore, but the new rockets and mm-hmm. Rafael obviously isn't new. He's been around a long, long time, but this mm-hmm. new iteration of the rockets front office poster, I think you have to give them the benefit of the doubt. They've been very Absolutely. good. eyeing talent and look they were and this story's been out there but they were crazy high on shingun like they started trying to mm-hmm. pick him up i think it was as early as the, the top pick. 10 right, right. Yeah. Uh, they wanted yeah, they started trying to trade for him as high as as number six they felt that he was um a top six talent in the draft a, a year ago and so i think you have to give them uh a, a lot of a lot of credit the josh christopher selection i think was a surprise to many people but i think um, they kind of nailed that, and where especially where 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 they where they got him, absolutely. Um, and so yeah. I, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt that if, if these are the players that they were looking at and they were targeting and ultimately got mm-hmm. that um, they have a chance to to help the team. And again, they're so young, and 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 I, I, there's no reason to set sort of some crazy expectations about win totals for the upcoming season because youth and inexperience. 98, 99% of the time in the NBA that you don't, you, you don't win it at a high level. It just doesn't happen very often. So this upcoming year, again, will still be as it was last year. And there were going to be a lot of bumps in the road, but it will still be about the growth and development of mm-hmm. even more young players um, on this team. And they'll most likely be in line again to get another very high draft pick in the 2023 draft, which is supposed to be stacked um, as well, which is important. Legendary and, and, almost. Then you head into that offseason in 2023 with all kinds of, of of money to spend, how they ultimately use that cap space when the team gets there a year from now remains to be seen with how this upcoming season goes and where these players ultimately de- – how, how much they do ultimately develop over the course of the next 12 months. Again, remains to be seen. They could use that cap space in, in a wide variety of ways. But the goal is still to, to grow – and develop and learn and get better and develop winning habits and get, you know, and, and look, they have to improve defensively. They have to, now, whether or not that translates into 10 more wins than there was last year, I don't know, but they have to improve defensively. There's no question about that. That's something they've been talking about a lot. And again, they address a lot of those needs um, 
in this draft on paper with the tent, with the skill sets of the, especially the first two guys they, they picked up, they got to become a more reliable, consistent three point shooting team. IE Jabari Smith should absolutely help um, in that department uh, as well as the, and from what we saw, especially at the very tail end of last season, with the way that KPJ and Jalen green were able to consistently shoot threes, very excited about that level of improvement. The offense last year wasn't great, even though it was basically average. I think they, they finished 15th. I think they were basically league average offensively yeah, yeah. with their consistency issues, shooting the three that should improve. They still didn't have much of a problem for the most part, second half of the year scoring, but they had to improve defensively. And, and I think that's the things that we should be individual growth and development and the team improving defensively and becoming a more reliable, consistent three point shooting team. And again, if those, all those things happen, wins will naturally follow because that's what you need to do to win at this level now in this league. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that you say that because they're, they're continuing to, you know, believe in the, the, the process. Like I know that's, that's been coming overplayed now, the process and it real, but it really is truly a process getting to getting their right, growth. They should, right? steal that as the, they should steal that as their slogan. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, maybe, you know, maybe get a little, uh, little. You could have a little. Uh, get get Sam Hinkie's stamp of approval. You could put like his face to the trademark. <laughs> He's gonna put his face right there, right? We'll, we'll totally rehash it. That's totally fine. Philly won't. <laughs> heard won't, it here. Heard it here, heard it here first. Heard it here first. The campaign for the process begins today. <laughs> <laughs> Say, yeah, you know what? Sam, Sam's a great dude. I wonder. I, I don't. I, I highly doubt the Rockets are gonna do something. No, like no. I, I wonder if Sam would go. I, I'd be very curious to see if Sam would go along. Uh, my guess would be he would probably be a little too humble to 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 do that, but uh, it would be it would be certainly be funny. But yeah, Sam Sam's a great guy. I it's been a while since I've seen him or talked to him, but he's a great guy. Brilliant, very brilliant. He's still in Phil. He's Philadelphia, right? Is he still? No, no, no. He's been out. No, he's out. No. Okay, he's okay. Like, uh, he, okay, so he maneuvered over. Uh, he consult. I think he's kind of back to consulting in the in the sort of startup financial uh, world, and I think he's teaching uh. at Stanford. I think maybe wow. good for him. Good yep. for him. That's, that's his, prestigious right there. Yeah. He's got his hands. Uh, and, and, and he was basically in that same, he was at a, um, was he working at a hedge fund or something before he came to Houston? It was something like that. I yeah. Think. He did something. He did something like that. He did something like that. It's it's funny how the Rockets tend to, tend to get these guys. Cause stone was a lawyer, right? They got stone years ago and then, yeah. And then you're right. He was, and then, Yes, Hinky was like hedge fund or something like that. It's interesting how they garner and get these guys. Like I, I love hearing their stories afterwards too, and like where they started and ultimately how they got here. So these are smart guys, obviously. These are front right. office folks. So you got it. You got to have. There's some intellect, obviously, to them. So definitely, yeah, definitely cool there. Uh, just a few more questions. One more, obviously. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna move forward, obviously, to summer league. What are you What are you looking forward to the most? And uh, I guess who who are you looking forward to seeing? I guess the most in the summer league. Well, I mean, it's first, it's for it's obviously it's Jabari. It's always the guy who you select at the top of the draft. We're really looking forward to to watching him play, but Tari as well. Um, I, I want to see how much uh, ver, the level. Jo, I'm expecting a big summer league from Josh Christopher. Yeah, um, absolutely. Me too. Me too. And and uh, and I think look, uh, Usman Garuba is a guy that um, his from this time he was drafted through his first full year, um, it was a bit disjointed. Many of the reasons why it was disjointed were, and really, frankly, nothing to do with, with him. I mean, what if I recall, he had some visa issues, so it took him a while to even get here. I think he was basically just dropped into the middle of summer yeah, league play, literally, um, which was not ultimately fair to him, 
And then he had some injuries over the course of his, his rookie season, but we saw some flashes of what he um, could be uh, late in the year. So I think it's a, it's an important summer league for, for him, but, um, but yeah, I, I think Christopher should, I'm expecting for him to really kind of take a, a, a big leap. I want to see Smith and Easton and, and Washington as well. What a jump up in the level of competition, even though the, again, the play can be a little bit disjointed as well in the summer league for the reasons that we illustrated earlier, how, how they kind of hit the ground uh, running there to set the tone uh, for training camp. But yeah, the Rockets uh, summer league team should, should at least on paper seems to be um, pretty stacked. Yeah. I, I'm very excited to see them for sure. And I'm going to hop on what you said, um, especially in terms of the two players that you had mentioned to have a big summer league, Josh Christopher and Usman Garuba. Josh Christopher did play very well towards the end of the summer league. And he kind of was able to translate that into um, his first season in the league. And what I want to see That's now when you kind of knew that, okay, this guy belongs, or at least he has yeah, a chance to Yeah, belong. yeah, yeah, because a lot of people Absolutely. were, they were a little confused with the pick uh, after the draft, and they didn't know how he'd fit, because I, I guess they said that he was a bit more of a chucker at Arizona State that uh, his final year, and when he played with us in the summer league, we saw a little bit more of his playmaking when he had the ball in his hand, especially when Jalen had to sit out after hurting the hamstring. So, He's another guy that plays very hard. I really love to watch Josh Christopher. He is such an easy guy to root for. Good guy, and too. Very special good guy. Good shout guy. out to him. Was it that Brooklyn game? It was like two or three days after my birthday when we ended up at the Brooklyn game, and he went perfect. And that was his birthday, too. I think it was that yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, you're his right. His birthday yeah. was just a little oh, bit man. after mine. Yeah. So, you know, it was <laughs> it was a great game to witness. And he the way he plays, he plays with an energy that – a lot of people can root for. And when I see him on the floor, he is just, his energy is infectious. He makes you want to root for him. And you see, especially with his, um, what is that? His chemistry with Jalen Green, of course, they grew up together. But outside of all that, I do want to see how he runs the offense now. I want to see his shooting a bit more crisper, his cuts and his defense a bit more clean. He has the, he has the talent. He has all the, uh, what is it? I don't want to say technique, but he's got everything down. It's just more improving and everything in that set. And with Usman Garuba, he was hurt last year. So we didn't get to see very much of him. He wasn't very comfortable um, the short time that he was called up when he wasn't injured or an RGV. So when it pertains to him in the summer league, I'm looking forward to see how he adjusts to being healthy for a significant amount of time after the season and being able to apply that and use that and see what he has improved on and what we can hope for is he already has the defensive mindset he's such a great defensive player he can guard two through five if need be i just want to see him improve on the offense the offensive aspect you know the awareness on pick and rolls and when to roll and being able to pop and maybe hit the occasional three if need be and um, also, I'll say this, we don't know who the coach is for the Summer League, and we have heard a name that's been surfacing that is, according to Kelly Eco, is almost a sure bet to be, join the staff, and Coach Mambuda Abdel Fattah. And I'm hoping that they do put him at the helm for the Summer League. I think it'd be great. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, honestly, I do not know who's going to be coaching their Summer League team. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, yeah. there's still some 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 positions mm -hmm. they have to fill with the, with the, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I'm not exactly sure who's going to be, I guess we'll, we'll find that out here 
within very short I guess, time. a week when yeah. they start practicing. So yeah. Absolutely. I'm curious. I, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful. Curious. I want to know too. I want to know too. Cause yeah, they haven't announced anything like that. And yeah, these positions still haven't been filled. So I'm curious to see what they're going to do there. Yeah. Um, same across the board. I'm looking forward to just seeing how all these players are going to perform. And I stand by that 72 and 10 Chicago Bulls statement. <laughs> I just, tr- I, I believe these guys are going to be just <laughs> monsters when they like the monsters in space jam. I just fully believe that these guys are just going to come in. It's just an insane talent level. Like I'm just looking at it on paper. I'm like, gosh, these are, you know, I call, call me, you know, call me, a sucker for being a homer but i'm like gosh look at these guys like like look at the lineup from top to bottom just definitely 72 insane. and 10 would translate to what six and one in summer league or something like that give me six i'll take one. that give me, six and one. <laughs> give me six and one in the summer league title craig that's all i need <laughs> uh, craig last question for you before we get ready to go home here uh look you're the TV play-by-play announcer. You've been known for just not a cookie, not a cracker. It's Vaughn Wafer. You've been known for just legendary, legendary. The the Lakers just pooped their big boy pants. Like you're just you are just a legend in terms of just the, the yeah, I don't calls, know about all right? that. Thank you. Uh, well, I'm, I'm gonna call you that. And Vaughn <laughs> calls you that too, by the way. So shouts to Vaughn. But uh, the, our weekly shout out to Vaughn. You know, but, hey, you want to hear a funny story? Yeah, yeah. Please, uh, please. Uh, right, no, just quick. Bill, whenever Bill Worrell, you call him a legend. Bill would say the only reason they call people legends is because they're being too nice that they don't want to call you old. Oh, <laughs> that's what Bill used to always say. Oh, so I guess I'm getting there. Oh, I appreciate the sentiment. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, that's all, oh, man. Come on. I was trying to, try to do that, but yeah, I have an egg. No, absolutely. But just, you know, just, I'm look, I'm looking forward to you, obviously just going back into your element, doing all these play calls. I mean, have you already, kind of have you been thinking about nicknames already because you you come up with nicknames uh, no not really i think a lot of that stuff tends to happen I, Just it's always best to me when it's organic um yeah. again we i think we've talked about the the whole gary bird thing from last year and obviously it wasn't even my thing i just kind of happened to pick it up and gave it a little push um uh necessary what's funny is that um uh, Matthew's teammates call him Bur- Gary Bird. Um, oh, and, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, th- so that was something that happened very organically that yes. stuck. So to me, those are always the best things. So I, like, I'll try some things from time to time. Some things hit, some things uh, miss. But I try not to force too much stuff. But no, I, at this point, no, I, I really haven't started thinking about uh, much about that. I mean, we're like two months into the offseason. We still got a little bit of ways to go, but I'm, I'm excited to kind of get back to work. Um, I sort of kind of detach myself um, whenever yeah. the season um, you to, ends. You have to. Uh, mm-hmm. And then once the finals are over, uh, I am ready to really re-engage with everything because I start to, because then it feels like you're kind of part of the league again um, and uh, get things going. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm ready for the season uh, to start. I'm actually, uh, Matt Thomas and I are planning to, to go watch Ryan play in the G League. Uh, hey. I mean, the big three next weekend up in Dallas. So I'm looking forward to, to, to Oh to man, that's going to be so fun. And, um, and so, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited to get, uh, get back to work. I'm glad the draft is behind us. We know, uh, in terms of the, the, the new guys who they just picked up in the draft, who they are and how they're going to fit. I'm excited about that. It's going to be some interesting decisions, obviously still to be made, uh, here, uh, in the off season with, um, some of the veteran guys that are still um, on the roster, interested to see how that uh, transpires. Very curious to see how everything plays out in Brooklyn, because obviously the Rockets have a pretty vested interest in how all of that plays out um, with um, 
with the Nets. Uh, it appears Damian Lillard is a big fan of Kevin Durant playing <laughs> Portland. <laughs> Um, and so on and so forth. So, so, you know, so yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. I, you know, um, obviously once August hits, things kind yeah. of go away and it's a little boring, but, um, yeah. I think, I think training camp will, um, uh, you know, obviously I think it picks up some, at some point at the end of, of September. So not too much longer. And then preseason, the season will be here before we know it. Craig, I, I just have to ask you, by the way, since you are technically a friend of the summit, are you open to a suggestion for a name? <laughs> sure. For uh for Jabari for Jabari there's been a joke going around on Twitter that it's been we're, the group is called Jabari's Jet so we were so I thought it'd be funny to be like Jabari Jabari Jet and whatever number he is I don't know we'll just say Jet as in Kenny huh oh never mind the Jet <laughs> no there's already a nickname shoot never mind okay right. well that one <laughs> we'll that one, that one crash landed <laughs> yeah I don't know uh yeah I, I I will admit I'm not I don't know if that necessarily yeah no sure but you're I'm right feeling that all with 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 I think the 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 Bari Tari thing is good. Um, yeah, I like that. I yeah, like that. I mean, yeah, Tari. That, that kind of rolls off the tongue a little bit there, and uh, hopefully it's some a, a combo that will live up to the lofty expectations for the next ten years. Absolutely, we can't. <laughs> we cannot wait to see it. Craig Ackerman, thank you so much once again. Let's get ready to go home here. Craig, thank you. Just just always a joy getting you anytime uh, thank getting you, so you to much. meet us here any plugs anything you want to say before we get ready to go home no nope, i'm just excited uh appreciate the time and uh again looking forward to summer league and then everything else this summer and then i i'm i'm ready to go i said once the finals are over um and I, i'm now back fully a hundred percent re-engaged so i'm ready to go sounds good we appreciate you thank you again for coming on all right thank you for having me the summit the summit.